Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Well, hello and welcome. This is Dave, your host for this week's Thinking Ahead. I'm speaking today with Jillian Anderson, Research Director at MRI Simmons, and our topic is the cannabis phenomenon. Of course, cannabis has been around for centuries, but now U.S. states are legalizing it for medical and even recreational use. There are strong differences of opinion, though, about what the real benefits of cannabis are and whether this substance that some people still see as dangerous and addictive should be allowed into the mainstream of American life. Welcome back to Thinking Ahead, Jillian. Thanks for having me, Dave. So with all the publicity we've seen for cannabis products, it seems like overall that use must be increasing dramatically. Is that really the case? How many people are you seeing who are consuming cannabis today? Yeah, in our national cannabis study, we actually saw quite an increase in the last year. Um, The first wave of the study we did was in 2018, and we saw about 16% of total U.S. pop consumed some form of cannabis, um, about 38 million Americans, and we saw about a 38% increase. So this year, the number was coming in, is coming in, or 2019, I should say, the number came in at about 22% of Americans saying they consumed cannabis. So it's about 55 million Americans, which is about 6%, incre- 6 percentage point increase. I think we can we can attribute this growth in cannabis usage most likely to the mainstream of CBD products into the general marketplace. Do you think that this use of CBD and cannabis products is a sign of a greater acceptance of cannabis in general in everyday life? Are people's attitudes really shifting? Yeah, I mean, both consumers and non-consumers have pretty positive perceptions and attitudes towards cannabis in general. Majority of Americans are for legalization. So 59%, um, a little over half, or more than a little over half of Americans are saying that they believe that cannabis should be legal. They think it's good for tax revenue. About seven in 10 say that they think it'll cut down on illegal drug traffic. And a good amount of them are saying that they think that marijuana will be legalized in all states within the next five years. So not only are they for the legalization of it, but they also are overwhelmingly for the benefits of cannabis. So whether you're a consumer or a non-consumer, about seven in 10 uh, Americans feel that cannabis has many health benefits. They're actually open to talking to their children about it. Uh, We had a good portion, about 43% of Americans telling us that they would prefer that their child consume cannabis over alcohol. I think that speaks volumes to where we are right now. They also are saying in general, they just feel that cannabis should be normalized. And I know that you look at cannabis consumers from a lot of different angles. What are the big groups, uh, the most important groups of cannabis consumers today? What do they look like? Sure. Yeah, we look at a lot of different groups. Um, Two of the major ones, obviously, would be the marijuana consumer versus the CBD consumer. So we know from our study that 17% of Americans are consuming marijuana. And we know that 13% of Americans are consuming CBD. 
both groups skew very young in age. Median age is about 36 years old and about half of both groups are made up of that 18 to 34 year old age group. The marijuana consumer skews slightly male while the CBD consumer skews slightly female. So that's one difference um, for each of those groups. The CBD year has a slightly higher household income and tends to have a higher level of education. Their benefits and reasons why they're consuming each substance vary a little bit. So for top physical benefits, there, there are two or three that, that pop to the top for both, whether you're consuming marijuana or whether you're consuming um, CBD. And that's stress relieving, anxiety reducing, and pain relieving. One slight difference between these two types of consumers is the marijuana consumer is more likely to say they're consuming as an antidepressant. And while the CBD consumer says they're more likely to be consuming as an anti-inflammatory. When it comes to desired feelings, both say that they're seeking to be relaxed and meditative. But the marijuana consumer is more likely to be seeking a temporary escape. They want to be creative after they've consumed, um, and they're also looking for a euphoric experience where the CBD consumer says they're looking to be more focused and energized and confident. So those are the, the key differences between those two groups. We also identified in our study five consumer segments based on their attitudes towards cannabis usage and the usage of cannabis itself. I'm only going to touch on three, um, my three favorite, I should say. So first, I'll talk about the cannabis conditionals. They're about 19% of consumers. Um, they're more likely to be consuming CBD. Uh, they skew female. They're a little bit older in age. They're more likely to be retired or homemakers. Marijuana is not part of their cannabis consumption. They really only seek to use cannabis for a wellness tool. They fully understand the differences between CBD and THC. They don't think CBD should be in included in the same category as marijuana. So just like their name, they want to consume cannabis, but under the conditions that it's going to help their health and wellness. The other two groups I'm going to talk about are the marijuana green lighters and the high hesitators. The marijuana green lighters, they're about 16% of consumers and Quite opposite from the cannabis conditionals, they're really only consuming marijuana, the type with the THC in it. And really, they're only using it for recreational and social purposes, not for health benefits at all. Um, for them, marijuana is a big part of their social life. It's widely accepted within their friend group. Um, they can easily acquire it if they want it. Um, they feel, though, that it is a healthier option than alcohol. Um, but primarily for them, it's about relaxation, right? They just want to consume to chill out and hang out with their friends. Then we have the high hesitators. They're my favorite. Uh, they're a very interesting group. They're about 25% of consumers. Um, and they, they love it, but they don't want other people to know that they love it. So they're what I like to call the secret cannabis consumers. They skew slightly male. They're younger in age. Um, most of them fall into the 18 to 34 year old age group. They're slightly ed more educated. And for them, it's also part of their social life. It's the key way that they bond with friends. Um, what interesting thing is they claim that they buy, they buy interesting things after they've consumed cannabis. Um, sometimes they actually later regret those pur purchases. Um, and one of the other things they've told us is that they, that it's had some negative impact on their employment. 
This could correlate with the fact that they do skew younger in age, right? They might be recent college graduates and, you know, first year into their career and they're having trouble balancing that work-life balance. Um, but because of all of this, they prefer to keep their consumption private. Right? That's where that hesitation comes in. They feel like others might look down on them because of it, and they hesitate to tell others that they even consume until they know that they're feel what their feelings are about cannabis. You brought up the idea of cannabis consumers possibly making purchases that they regret. What types of things do you see cannabis consumers buying when they're consuming? Yeah, in our study, we asked two questions about things that they're purchasing while consuming cannabis. One was a closed-end question where we sort of categorized um, different types of products. And much, most of the purchases are what you would expect. Snack foods, a good meal, takeout, various entertainment or media, so TV shows, video games, movies. Um, there were some unexpected behaviors that did pop out, like uh, purchasing tickets to events, like concerts or plays or shows, uh, travel. So maybe you're a little, feeling a little bit more impulsive, so you book a trip or airline tickets. Home decor and furnishings was another category we saw pop to the top, as well as artwork. Um, so not, not only did we ask this closed-ended question, but we also wanted to put in an open-ended question. We did this in both our 2018 study and our 2019 study. And we asked, what is the most unexpected thing that you purchased? And we combed through all of those open ends. Um, and we saw a lot of those similar things where it's food and a lot of the categories that you would expect. But we saw some funny ones pop out um, that I want to talk about. So some of my favorites are a, a pillowcase with Nicolas Cage's face on it. Another person told us that they bought 500 issues of National Geographic on Craigslist for $10. I mean, personally, I think that that's a pretty good deal. I don't know where you're going to store 500 issues, though. Um, some of those big ticket items, which I thought are super interesting. Somebody told us that they bought a car. Another person told us they bought a $400 painting, where another person told us they bought a diamond watch. And then another category that popped out this year in our 2019 study um, that didn't pop to the top in the 2018 study was animals, which I thought was very interesting. We had quite a few people tell us that they bought a puppy or a dog after consuming cannabis. We had one guy tell us that he bought a goat and another one who said that they purchased six chickens from a hatchery. So there's just some of the interesting things. I mean, I think all this information could be really you know, telling to both marketers and, and brands. I think you've got the plots for like three or four really good movies there. You know, you were talking about recreational cannabis users. Are there differences in terms of people's, you know, interests and uh, activities between the medical and the recreational cannabis consumers? Yeah, the differences are pretty much what you would expect them to be. Just to put it in context, in our study, uh, we see that 44% of cannabis consumers are using for recreational purposes and 24% are using for medical purposes. Um, and, and the recreational users, it's, it's really what you would expect them to be. Um, they're primarily using for entertainment endeavors, like talking or socializing, hanging out with friends. The medical consumers, very similar to what I spoke about um, earlier about the CBD consumer, they're more likely to wanting to relax or sleep or use it for just health, overall health and medical purposes. The other thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, the rest of the consumers, 32 percent, 
say that they're using for both reasons. So there is a, a, a line there where what, what is recreational versus what is medical. And then there's a whole segment of consumers, obviously, who are non-consumers of cannabis. Um, and what have you found out about them? Uh, what are their beliefs and their feelings about cannabis in general? Yeah, the non-consumers are sort of who you would expect them to be. They're slightly older in age, um, median age is 51 years old. They're more likely to fall into that 55 plus age group. They are have an average household income. A quarter of them are retired. But the interesting thing about this group is they obviously are more likely to say that they don't want cannabis to be legalized. So 29% of them told us they don't want cannabis to be legalized. And that's much higher than obviously a cannabis consumer. However, what's interesting to point out is half of them, 50% of them still think cannabis should be legal. Majority of them still have positive perceptions towards cannabis, even though they don't consume. They feel that there are health benefits. 64% um, said that legalizing cannabis could be a good way to add tax revenue. Another 60% told us that legalizing marijuana would cut down on illegal drug traffic. If they learned that someone they know used marijuana, they, their opinion of them really wouldn't change. Um, and they're open to talking to their children about cannabis, even though that they're non-consumers. But it is important to say they do have some strong concerns. They're more likely to say that um, using cannabis improperly could be harmful. 68% of them said that the news around vaping cannabis was concerning to them and really turned them off. 67% said, I'm concerned about the negative effects of consuming cannabis. Like what, what are those effects and what might they have on the future? And a still a good portion, about half of these non-consumers think that marijuana is the gateway drug. So while overwhelmingly we, we're still seeing those positive perceptions, they still do have some concerns. So just to wrap up, Julian, um, yeah, you know we're always thinking ahead uh, here at the GFK podcast. And so we want to ask you, what do you see is the future of cannabis? Is legalization going to become more widespread? Um, will people accepted more and more as a part of mainstream life? So we did see a slight uptick in whether Americans believe cannabis should be legalized from our 2018 to our 2019 study. It wasn't anything super significant, but it should be interesting to continue to track that um, as we continue to do the study. We do know already that um, cannabis is legalized in 33 states for medical use, with 11 allowing legalization for recreational purposes. Cannabis use itself is on the rise. I, we talked about that earlier in this podcast, right? We saw a 38% increase in cannabis usage in the last year alone. That speaks volumes. Political policies are constantly changing. Um, and we know that, um, you know, that, that the substance is still controlled under the federal government. Um, but we do know that they're constantly evaluating, evaluating cannabis and cannabis-derived compounds. Um, so we still have a long way to go, but it's clear from our study that the attitudes and perceptions of cannabis are positive. I think if we were to run this study 10 years ago, we would have seen very different results, right? So we've come a long way. Um, we, we're seeing overwhelmingly, whether you're a consumer or not, that they feel that it's beneficial to people's health and that, you know, it would be okay if it was normalized. But there are still concerns about that improper use, right? We just talked about that with those non-consumers. They are worried about people using it improperly. They're worried about some of the negative effects about 
uh, that might occur from consuming. So I still think that there are some some hurdles that need to be tackled before this really goes mainstream. Well, thanks so much, Jillian, for uh, all of your insights today. We really do appreciate it. And if our listeners would like to learn more about cannabis research from MRI Simmons, just click the link in the text below your podcast player. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, click the link in the description. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.